0: They try to see out would be a huge win. Smith, Juan gets a piece, still with Smith. Kamara, flag stays down. Ola Kamara cuts it across. Goal! And it had to be DC United. DC looking to win it. Rodriguez, Smith cuts it across. Fantastic. DC
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show, where we had one hell of a weekend for Orlando City and Pride, and not in the good way. Welcome into the Orlando Soccer Show once again. My name is Austin David, here with Gavin Eubank and Kyle Foley. We're going to break down what happened against DC United, uh, as well as what happened in the Pride game uh, against the Kansas City Current. But gentlemen, before we start things, I do want to go back to uh, just a couple days ago when we were talking about how is Orlando City back? And um, well, I I would like to I would like to play this small clip and then we can discuss. But uh, it's not from the show. It's just relevant.
2: But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.
0: (laughs) That's actually so Orlando City is back. Austin, they're back Mm. on their bullshit this week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what that is.
1: But they are who we thought they
0: were. One hundo.
1: And we let them off the hook. Mm-hmm.
0: Well,
2: did we? Because I feel like when we talked about it after the Open Cup game, I feel like we said, like, I think, I think, and I'm going to be honest, I was so tired when we recorded that. We t- I talked about this when we were watching the, the games. <laughs> like I was, I was so tired when we recorded. Uh, <laughs> I forgot that we had recorded. <clears throat> uh, but I do remember saying that, there's a very good chance that we see Orlando completely lay an egg over the weekend against DC because it's just what we've expected, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we were I was hoping that that would not be correct, and for the first like half I would say I felt pretty like oh man like Orlando looks good like we were talking about like Orlando just gotta gotta score the goals but like you're creating the opportunities and eventually if you're a team that creates opportunities eventually things start clicking and they're gonna go in. Unfortunately, in the second half, they did Orlando City things. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think we really let them off the hook. I feel like
1: no, no. no. Like Collectively, we, as we, we as, as I think, that. as the, as the fan base, like they we, they got a little bit too. Like you see five goals go in against a quality team in the Red Bulls, and you start thinking, "Wow, Orlando City is they're hitting their stride now. This is the turning point." I mean, we all wanted to believe that right. things are but, different. But, we but all here's wanted the thing: to believe it. And and Gavin, we talked about this just last week, where we said this game against DC is going to be where they show us if they are in fact back. But yeah. they in fact showed us that it it was an outlier at this point.
0: Well, I mean, it, it, this game was a tale of two of two halves. To mm-hmm. be fair, I mean. But what's the difference or than Orlando? any
1: other game that they've played the last couple games? outside of that New York Red Bulls game, because the last half hour of games... In totality?
0: Yeah, I mean, in totality, nothing. We saw a lot of the same problems came up, we saw a lot of the same issues, deficiencies, all of the things that have been plaguing Orlando City and bringing them down throughout the last six weeks and at points throughout the entire year, they all came back in the last 45 minutes, last maybe 30 minutes specifically against D.C. United. I
2: I would just like to to say, though, that... I think it's a little unfair to accuse fans of potentially overreacting to something. That is not a thing that they do.
1: Of course. Right. My my apologies. Got ahead of myself. Also, there.
2: Uh, also by the way, uh, Manchester United are going to win the Premier League this year based on preseason results.
1: It's yes. A, you know,
2: not an overreaction. No. no. Detailed just
1: analysis. Uh, just going to go ahead and point to I, the sign. You know, the one that says preseason games don't matter.
2: Who? What? What idiot ever said that? Uh, who would? Who would ever? It was me. I didn't. You're gonna go deep. And well, and I was. See, I was
1: actually see. just gonna say Will Ferrell, but huh. no. yes, also, also you. It's also.
2: It's also. It's also me all the time. Yes. I. Man. Anyways, I, just, I would. The, the, Gavin. Gavin saying it was a tale of two halves, and and I imagine that was somewhat tongue in cheek, just because that's a tends to be a cliche phrase, but it really was like the team that came out in the second half was not the same Orlando we saw in the second half against New York and the first half against D.C. And it's just like, so technically they played a complete game over two consecutive halves. They just started it at the wrong point. So technically they did what we wanted to see, which was see a complete game. And Kyle, you, know, you know what we say right about order. being
1: technically right. Oh, I do. I do know what we say. But what
2: do we say, Austin?
1: Uh, technically correct is the best kind of correct. And it is true. I just want to make sure you knew.
0: So as it stands, So as it stands, Orlando City is trailing two nothing at halftime, heading into New England this weekend. There you go. That's that's but the right way I'd to follow think about that. It. Yeah. That you is. Know, so the they've math. still got a chance I, to come back. Yeah.
2: I don't. I don't want to do the math on this, <laughs> but if someone were to go back to every game, and score them that way. How much better would Orlando's record be?
0: Mm. So I do have to, I do have to say, unfortunately, if you if you were to start at the beginning of the season, every single game would break down perfectly with two halves. So there is no odd number of halves that have been played here.
1: Hmm.
0: Going by that logic, of course. Right. Well, we can we can <laughs> we can pick a
2: game we can pick a game and just not count it, or pick a half and not count it that's fair this is all this is all at our own leisure every so mls team should get
0: roles. we sh- you know this seems like such an mls thing to have <laughs> like a rule where you can just throw out one half of soccer every season like at the end of the year orlando can just be like yeah the first half against montreal we want to throw that out doesn't count and just see how it the- changes the entire goal
1: difference and, and everything
0: Jesus. Yeah, right I uh, see.
2: I see no problems with this. I think this is a good. I think this listen, is. Listen, if MLS it.
1: is really just going to lean into the fact that they are very vastly different than every other league in the world, why not throw some crazy, ridiculous rules out there, like a throw out a half of football rule? I'm here for it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it, yeah, I see no problem. Because the thing is, another team can do it to Orlando too. Saw so, I me, and you know, is they is Throw out one uh, half mm. that Orlando was really good. Yeah. Well, would it count? Would it count against
1: the other team, or would it just
0: count?
2: I think I think so because, and then that way it makes it more strategic about which ones you're picking. Mm. You know, you might you might want to throw out a half of a game that you lost, bat you know, by like two or three goals. In but what if you also have a game. I don't know. You have to be more strategic about it. Then, then you wonder that maybe a team that you beat by a lot could throw it out, and so you have to balance
1: it. It's going to be like some expansion draft rules where they're doing behind the scenes dealings. It's like, all right, if you don't throw out this half, we won't throw out this half.
2: Yeah, I feel like I feel like most MLS rules are kind of handled that way anyway. They're made up on the spot, and the interpretations are like redetermined behind the scenes.
1: So they're, I- they're very loose interpretations until until they're not.
0: Ooh, I got it. This would be the perfect MLS twist: blind draw. 68, w- 68 halves of soccer go into a pot, <laughs> and someone just picks out an envelope and de- to determine which one of your sixty-eight you nomi- halves so you, are getting deleted.
1: You, you nominate a couple of them; they go into a pot, and then they get picked out and mm-hmm. see which one you get.
0: There you go. So they,
2: so they pick out. They pick out. Let's say I think they should say they pick out. Um, let's say they pick out four that don't count, but they pick out two that the final result gets doubled. <laughs>
1: Which could be good, could be
2: and bad. Also, there's,
0: be a, there's a there's also a fan vote so that fans can vote on which half <laughs> they want to see deleted to,
1: or or doubled. Because you could have oh, the just, you could have uh, that Philly the uh, Philly what was it uh, the Union game this past weekend where they won six nothing or the one that they won uh, seven nothing. You could have that
0: doubled that, and they ooh, could win fourteen yeah. nothing or have it eliminated or or fans can, can bring you? back one from the dead. They'd be like, yeah, so we don't like that they, they eliminated at that one, but then like everybody can rally around it and put that seven nothing defeat back on back on the scoreboard. Could,
2: could you trade away erased halves?
0: That's a good point.
2: Like like what if we what if we I mean we have to keep gam and Tam because those are two systems that everybody understands and make complete and total sense. But then we also Traded add in a
0: player for Gam and a half to be deleted later.
2: I see no way that this could end poorly,
0: guys. I think we're on guys.
1: Something. I would love to spend more time on this, but I want to spend more time on something that is actually real
0: Please and, and me, not just
1: conceptual. Not be <laughs> are you I know, about, you're uh, trying. You're trying. talking about
2: English national team winning a <laughs> winning a trophy?
1: It it came home, guys. I would like to inform you that it did in fact come home.
2: I also just appreciate the pure enthusiasm in your voice at that. The very, like, I'm giving a radio announcement of, hey, it's coming home. It Not came to, home. to toot
0: my own horn here either, but five of those English players play for Everton. Everton women. So, I guess you can say that Everton won the Euros, mm. technically. Mm. Just saying. Just saying. Were there, a, were there any, were there any Tottenham
1: players on the team?
0: I'm sure there had mm. to be at least one, right?
1: Yeah. There were a couple okay. Chelsea players too.
2: I was just gonna say this—that would just give more credence to the theory too that like the the fact that Tottenham players play for the men's side is why the men's side won't win a trophy. But
1: mm. it makes sense. Anyways, um, I I do I, I feel like we do have to go back to talk about Orlando City. Um, hey, that Junior Urso goal was great. Okay. Yeah, it was. Not like uh, all of. I thought all of
2: that stuff in the beginning, like we were watching it, and like I was really excited and really impressed. Like it was weird to be enjoying consecutive games of Orlando City. It just like Is it was it really
0: good. Good. Is it good or bad that at this point in the season, Junior Urso and Facundo Torres have the exact same amount of goals? I I still think I,
2: it goes back to what I've said before too. When you have a player who's in a league for the first time. Like, I'm not – I don't know. I, I'm not going to – But it's crazy, rich. though, isn't
0: it, that your defensive midfielder, is, a guy who hypothetically should never be in front of goal like that. Not only yeah, that, he was but, playing, I mean, yeah, that goal – I mean, he was essentially was playing out pretty on the wing spectacular. In this last game. He's Yeah, I mean, he's like been he playing on the wing a lot lately.
2: I was say, he's not really been playing in a defensive position, which I, I clearly Oscar has seen something in that where he's got some ability there. But, like – and I'm I'm looking at this, too – just because I, I I knew the goals came after we made like like towards the end, but it's just like looking statistically, like really it wasn't until Orlando started making substitutions, and then we get to the last like maybe like ten minutes, where you start to panic a little bit about how's I don't think Orlando ever looked dominated at any point. It didn't look like towards the end that DC was just like completely dominant. But what it looked like was Orlando was tired and has no depth. And mm-hmm. I think I think it was Austin who said this while we were watching. Like there should have been significantly more goals from Orlando. There were several great opportunities that were completely blown. That 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 Orlando probably could have overcome those two last second goals that shouldn't have happened, like that shouldn't have been allowed. Defensively, Orlando probably could have overcome that had they been even just like mediocre when it comes to shooting accuracy like it was it was comical how bad some of those misses were
0: i mean yeah i think their xg for the match that was only like 1.7 so i mean they were getting opportunities statistically they weren't all great opportunities but yeah i mean the fact that there was a few of them that they, they you know pato standing 10 feet in front of the goal should have put away an easy one and he, and he doesn't and you know we were talking about after the open cup game like is he cursed? Well. He might not be cursed, but he's certainly not he doesn't have any luck on his side right now, so there's that. I mean, I don't know that there has been a player over these last couple games that has been better and yet not seen any any positive output from his performance. than podcast. So I out,
2: out, out of curiosity because and, and maybe I don't know if you guys know the answer to this either. Like I vaguely know how xG is calculated, but how much of a factor is like hey you're in a good position to put a shot on goal, and you sky it or you whiff, like like that Benji that shot. Does that get factored in? That, yeah, because I don't, I that's, don't know that's if gonna be those. a pretty
0: high high percentage shot, yeah. Because the, I think I just every site determines it differently, but I mean it factors everything. Yeah. So like in this scenario, it it does like the chances I out think... of a hundred that that shot goes in. So I mean, if you're standing there five feet in front of the goal with no goalkeeper. It's probably a pretty high percentage chance that that ball is normally going to go in, right? So
1: let me let me explain because um, the the uh, definition uh, from Opta for expected goals specifically uh, is the likelihood of a given chance that results in a goal based on angle, location, assist type, body part, and various other factors.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Like i have seen same, that too. And literally that's- from the moment the ball leaves the foot of a player who's crossing it in or passing it up wide or something. Right. Um, to, well, to the shot.
2: So what, what I'm getting at with all of that though is obviously this one's like the Benji shot where it was like, okay, that was, that was clearly an opportunity, but there's, there's even moments and, and I'm blanking on, there was one specifically that I'm, I'm visualizing, but I, I, for the life of me, can't remember when it was, or even if it was this last game, such as how my brain functions. But when there's, when there's opportunities where you have a chance to get in on goal, and inexplicitly, inexplicably, inexplicably, fail to even get in to make an attempt on goal, which has happened a handful of times as well, which doesn't help. I think. Or, are you thinking about there was
0: a moment in like the seventy-eighth minute where they had like a three-on-two breakaway, but two of those were defensive midfielders. If a shot doesn't, yes. they, if
1: the shot isn't taken, then it doesn't calculate.
2: Right, right, and that's where there's like, like I said, there's times where it's like. There should have been a chance in this in this moment in this sequence and there wasn't obviously those things like i like i, I think the the expected goals of of being on on foot mob, it's one point seven eight so somewhere in that range i think is very fair it's a, a, almost like 0. .9 higher for Orlando than, it, than than D.C. Like, I think that's all pretty fair. Interesting. I also Wait, so you
1: said – hold on. You, you said that Foot Mob has a, Orlando's expected goals at 1.7? 1. 1.78. Interesting, because Opta has it at 1.61. Interesting. So, I've yeah, got so here I – mean, They probably get their
0: got, formulas from different places.
1: Yeah, interesting. Well, that's – yeah. I mean, part of it is it's, it's, it's
2: always different things and like i'm looking like in the first half orlando had a 1.47 xg and a 0.31 in the second half but 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 again but like the thing is i think i like an xg as like fascinating as i find it in the analysis like i love nerdy stats like that i think it's (laughs) great but there is a certain point where it's like how many times and i i don't know the answer for this game i'm just saying this is this, this was kind of a thing that i felt was at least prevalent enough to be to be pretty memorable where it was like you you, you get 95% of the buildup play right and then fail at that last little bit to even make the attempt, which is where it's like, okay, like you did everything right to get to the position, but then you couldn't even get the shot off or couldn't, couldn't get a chance in there too. And I think that's some of what it kind of felt like for Orlando, at least in the second half. The first half it was just like, no, like Orlando looks threatening and just can't finish. I mean, like kind of sad, but – I don't think i going to look bad until the end, and then you make really bad substitutions because you only have so many players on your bench and your depth is terrible.
0: I can't tell for sure. Was it the shot in the 19th minute? Was that when Pato had that open one?
1: Uh, yes. No, no. It was the 60. That... Wait, was it? No, it was, yeah.
0: Because it, it was in the... So, yeah, and that was only at a 4% chance of making it. On the, on the expected goals, the highest percentage of the game was Benji's miss in the, in the sixth.
1: Eighth. Yeah, and then uh, Pato had a miss in the sixty-fourth. That was the second highest. Pato. Yeah, that was Pato one. That did not.
2: That was feel like it was that yeah. low of a chance to go in, but this was the second like second half shot from Pato. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, uh, yeah. I was saying the, the the one that Gavin mentioned. Like, I didn't feel like that chance was that low, but also like two those percentages are a not a lot of goals. It scored in soccer compared to shots taken. I know wild information, um, but it's also like I was thinking that number felt low, and then it's just thinking about the sheer volume of shots that are going into these statistics because of the amount of data available. So, I suppose right. actually even four percent isn't that low.
1: Now, you think guys, we, we've been talking about expected goals quite a lot, but I want to talk about the last like 30 minutes of the game because uh, that is where things very easily you could see changed uh, once Mauricio Pereira was subbed out of the game. Now uh, we talked to Oscar afterwards. He said that uh, Mauricio had felt a pain in his knee that just got worse as he was playing on it. So he had to come off. Uh, Who knows what kind of uh, injury that could be heading out into the next couple weeks, but you hope that he's ready by September for the open cup at the very least. But it's just noticeable how different of a game it became once he was subbed off in the 55th minute. Once Andres Perea came in. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, like, like, yeah, you're right. The thing that's frustrating to me is where he contributes the most on the field is not what lost Orlando the game in the second half.
0: So, I, think I yes and no. Um, I, I, I know
2: I, I know. Like I you you if you have no creative threat, you're you're gonna be more at risk defensively. Especially right. if you can't so, control the ball in the, the midfield. Possession but up like, to
0: that point possession through the first sixty minutes of the game was pretty close. It was it was pretty close to like a fifty fifty split. I wanna say it was maybe like 48 in favor of DC. The last thirty minutes, however, was sixty five thirty five in favor of DC, and that's because we laminated after the New York game when we talked about how much of a of a catalyst Pereira was in the midfield when he was able to drop back and, and hit all you know be the engine down there. Orlando lost that, and they don't have anybody on this roster that is a like for like substitute for that. So when you lose that player, suddenly you now they they went into a scenario where you've got Junior Urso, Cesar Arahu, um, Andres Pereira. And then basically Pato playing as like the almost like a false number 10, basically, you know, the de facto attacking, you know, center forward or center midfielder, they don't have anyone that can be that offensive guy there in the midfield. You've got a bunch of midfielders who can defend and they can win you the ball back, but then the next pass is nothing. You know the next pass is just a short pass or a long ball out to the wing, where again you don't have somebody in the middle that can that can make any runs that can do anything for you to draw space to open up lanes. They lost that completely, and Orlando looked clueless. You know attacking. But that's, like, that,
2: that. That's the thing though. You don't need. But right so. When you're already up one nothing, you don't need to be creative. You just need to not lose the ball and fall asleep defensively. Right, Those but that's the, the thing things. is
0: they can't keep possession when they don't have any way to, to you know, move things around. Like that's what makes Pereira so good too. Is he's so good at getting possession, holding possession, dribbling with guys, you know, with guys on him and and getting at you, know, moving the ball forward. Orlando didn't have that. They there was oppor- There was. Maybe a very small handful of possessions, like so I went back and I watched the last thirty minutes of this game before we recorded just to kind of refresh my mind of just how poor things were. And I really only had uh, wrote down a couple of like good possessions that were like actually more than like ten seconds. and even then, they were all filled with short, quick passes, none more than like fifteen yards. And then the best opportunity that they had for a shot on goal was ended up just being it was um. I want to say it was like Ararahu out on the wing and you've got like two or three players in the box. He passes out to Zhao Motinho, who's like 23 yards out and then Zhao hits a shot that obviously didn't go in because it was not a good shot um, because they just didn't know what to do. Like they didn't have any good options. So yeah, I mean, he not having him isn't the reason why they gave up two goals, but they couldn't keep possession and because of that, it just let DC attack and attack and attack and just kept breaking down until they finally found those two possessions that resulted in goals for him
1: now while we're talking about that uh, I do want to bring up a comment Uh, when I talked to Junior Urso after the game I asked him like what's going on in that second half especially this season because the last half hour of games statistically have been really bad for Orlando City where they're just conceding so many more goals than they are scoring and they're the worst in the league in terms of goal differential in the final 30 minutes now he had an interesting answer because everybody is is upset at Oscar for you know uh, parking the bus basically, and and this is what Junior Urso had to say in regards to that.
3: Yeah, I don't know what's happened, but uh, this season, especially this season, uh, in the second half, we we are like uh, just defender. Uh, of course, it, this is about our everybody, not about just the the players or just the coaches. No, this is everybody. Uh, Oscar put it on the field to do uh, what he say. He tell us to keep the ball and try to, to find space to score the goals. But uh, sometimes we don't try that. Sometimes we just stay and wait in the team coming. So this is not idea of the Oscar. So I think we have to follow what he say. And sometimes we don't follow. We just defend and waiting for the for the, the other teams coming. So I think we made a mistake. But uh, we are a team. When we won, uh, we won um, all together. And uh, when we lost the game, we lost together.
1: So there was a little bit of a wrinkle into the uh... – context of things i suppose
0: i mean the the narrative is i really like that quote
1: yeah the, the narrative is like oh oscar is defending and it's like the players are like no he's telling us to attack we're the ones deciding to defend because
0: yeah well i think it's interesting too because oscar obviously took full responsibility after this game and and he specifically said I didn't do a good enough job coaching this team. I could have done more, and I didn't put him in a good position to win. Mm-hmm. And it, if you kind of add that together with what Urso is saying, it's, you know, it's Oscar wants us to play like this, but maybe Oscar isn't giving them the direction to get out of it because it's very clear that they don't have a lot of answers for when Mauricio was not on the field. And some of that, yes, does fall on the coach. Um, but it is kind of interesting that they're both almost contradicting each other. I mean, Oscar is the leader, and he's going to take responsibility, and then you know he's, that's he's what he's never going to put doing. it right. He's but never going to. Urso put it on the is players. defending his manager, yeah. And then you have Urso saying like, "You know, we're the players. We're the coach told us to do this. We're not doing it." So I mean, it's you've got the coach sticking up for his team, stick and then taking the bullets himself, and then you've got the players sticking up for the coach, taking the bullets themselves. So I mean. It's interesting, I mean, but, you know, they're both not wrong at the same time. So mm-hmm. there's that. Yeah, it's just it's funny how
1: the narrative can change one way or the other, depending on yeah, like who says what and in what context. Because, you know, fans are, are all like, oh, Oscar could do more. And he said it's his fault, so it's his fault. And then Junior comes in and he's like, "No, it's our fault." And he's like, "Oh, so all the players are at fault? Well, get rid of all the players." Mm-hmm. It just changes constantly,
0: constantly changing. You know, and, and it's there's no there's no easy answer to how to fix it. No, and you know, and to go back to what you were talking about last week too. I mean, I we were we were all watching this game together on Discord, and we're all in the moment, like, all right, you know, it's the final 30 minutes, like, Orlando's going to start making subs, who do they bring on? Obviously, they're going to be bringing on defensive players, and you know what, like I mentioned, they don't have the like-for-like for for Pereira, but who, like you said a couple weeks ago, who do they bring on that is going to give them an attacking edge that that you have a choice over? putting someone in that is going to be a defensive because we have defensive players out there. Well, your best bet is to play them defensively. Like that's their strength. I mean, look at the bench. Who do you bring on in that scenario? Your attacking players are Erkin Kara, Tesho Akandali and Nico Jauchini. I mean, Jauchini came on and got his first minutes for Orlando, but Akandali and Kara are similar players in that they're big, slow, and they don't add anything really offensively that Orlando city was missing. So, I don't know what Oscar can do like he you know I think Kyle said that they don't have the depth they don't they don't and this is they something that's new fans want th- Oscar to be able to do
1: right well like they're complaining about the substitutions and we we talked about this what last week the week before who on the who on the bench is a game changer everyone may say right. like oh Nico Joachini because he just got brought in it's like yeah he got his first MLS minutes. Like, right. He's he, not going to. No one k-
0: realistically knows what he can do.
1: No. Like, yeah, he's a U.S. men's national team like prospect, but if you you look at his last couple, you know, seasons, it, it hasn't been like groundbreaking. You know, he was playing
0: in League 2 mm-hmm. in France, five hundred minutes across an entire season.
2: I go as far as to say, how many players in the Orlando City bench are good enough to be starting instead of being on the bench? And the answer to that is,
1: eh? I mean, you could you could argue three. Urchon maybe.
0: Pereira you, you, and right, right. Schlegel. Well,
2: Urchon is also not normally on the bench. That has just been a uh, the last two games. Sure, game. sure, sure. Because I his, mean, you have, he, you have was, his is also his is also not an ability thing. It's a he's the wrong type of player for the system. So that 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 one is is a different situation. But yes, you are correct. But I do think otherwise. Like, there is a pretty well known and agreed upon Orlando City starting 11. And then there isn't really there's even competition. Everybody else. Yeah, but it's not even like it's like hey, you know, like with most teams like hey, it, there is everybody else, but like there's competition here. Right. There's a there's
1: a a Well, like okay, so look at DC United. And, and their roster right now, like just as an example for who just played uh, recently, right? You have all of the starters that played for, for DC United are are kind of middling starters right now. And they just brought in a bunch of players, you know, Ravel Morrison was playing one of his, his first minutes. Miguel Berry just came over from uh, Columbus, but then on the bench, you have Ola Kamara, who is a proven goal scorer in MLS. You have Andy Nahar, who is a starter for Honduras and is also a proven player in MLS. You have Martin Rodriguez, who just came over from, uh, oh, what was it, uh, Turkey, and he's played for the Chilean national team. Like These are guys coming off the bench for the worst team in the league, and they have pedigree to them. Like, that's not even mentioning... like yeah, I get like, what Kyle's saying, too. It's not even mentioning, like, Donovan because... Pines, who didn't play, Kamarney Smith. Like, these are guys that are big contributors off the bench, and then you look at Orlando, and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, they, they're they're bad. I'm just saying they're not on that same level. Like, Urchon can come in and, and provide something, but in that moment, Urchon is not what you need up top. Benji was the right mm-hmm. choice just based on speed and getting out in front of the defense, and I think that... That's been a, a move from Oscar that has worked. It's just he needs I mean, Benji, he needs he needs ben- finishing. <laughs> Benji
2: is the is the best center forward in the in the system that Orlando liked to play on the roster. Mm-hmm. And that is a very damning statement. And I don't I don't Benji's not a bad player. And I do think he sometimes gets a little unfairly maligned. For for being responsible for a lot of the problems, by myself too. Like I'm guilty of that sometimes. Where I mean, I said I said actually the the night of the Open Cup game, in in our chat, I was like, oh yeah, he's starting up top. I'm gonna go to bed, right? And that was that was maybe a little unfair, <laughs> not entirely like out of left field, but pro- maybe a little. I, I probably a little unfair, but. If you are a team that wants to be winning and competing for trophies and in finals and, and being a top team, like you need guys that are that are at a higher level of production. Like like someone like Benji is a pretty decent option, especially if, if he can improve the finishing. But like that's not a terrible player to have coming off the bench. Like he serves a very good bit role as a as a as a player in the squad but not a guy that you should be having in the lineup. But I I also think too when you talk about there's not really that many guys on the bench that should be in those positions. The other thing to think about is how many guys in the starting 11 would be starting for a Philadelphia or a New York. And the answer is not many. Like I think I think I think Pereira starts for virtually any team in the league. Yep. I think I think, it, I think the only I, I think the only times you could argue for him is like okay there's other teams that might have someone who's like his, in his exact role and also pretty solid. Mm-hmm. So Galesse is probably a top. He's a top MLS keeper. There's very few better than him. Yep. Uh, Robin Janssen and Antonio Carr. I would say both of them.
1: Yep. I would I, say when healthy. I, I, I would that, say when healthy, Mutino is a a yeah. top five left back. It's yeah, just a so matter of him staying do- healthy, and then Araujo and Facundo Torres, and Junior Urso. To,
2: to, uh, okay. Mm. Yes. So like seven? Yeah. Yes, but less so for, for those last ones, and not necessarily because of lack of ability, but just a, a lack of as as much of a, of a track record. Fair. Espe- especially for Facundo. So Cudos. that's like eight yeah. of your yeah. 11 starters. But I, I, I think the last three would be like, they would definitely start for some of the bottom for like the, the lower end teams like 100% I th- don't think they'd be starting for some of the some of the top teams. I think they'd be like like good productive squad players there. I don't think they would be like not capable of playing there. I think they could compete for starting spots, but they wouldn't be like they are here where it's that is a guaranteed in the lineup. If we don't have them, we're really screwed. And I think that's the problem. Like you don't need to have a team of complete star you know every player is a star but you have to have a lineup that is that is if if you want to be a top team then your lineup has to be good enough where your your starting guys the majority of your starting lineup would be also starting for any other team in the league otherwise you you're not winning anything but you also have to have to the point where your bench is is all capable of competing for starting spots in at least mid table teams and i think most of the bench is not capable of getting minutes in a, on a lot of other teams, especially not the way they've played. And I think it's there's a lack of options. There's awkward fits. There's young guys that just aren't aren't ready for MLS yet, which is okay. Like Thomas Williams is not, and and even Mikey Holiday, like those guys aren't ready to be starting. it you know, at least not consistently in MLS. And they play a position that's very awkward to come in part way through a game. So. I just you look at it and it's it's rough and it's so it's one of those things where it's like yeah you can play a good first 89 minutes but when you've got nothing for the last you know six minutes five minutes of of extra time like it's just so blatantly obvious that you don't have any options you shouldn't a team that loses their their most creative option shouldn't then be a complete mess at the back and be unable to stop anything because you should be strong enough. On both ends where, yeah, we Orlando is not able to be creative once Pereira's was off. And that's totally understandable. Like you lost your key playmaker and you not every team just has extra key playmakers on the bench ready to come in. So that part makes sense. It's the then you also just are unable to play any sort of defense at all against a team that's not amazing. Like like D.C. has not been super great um it, it's not like one of the guys either of the guys that that scored are like t- how many goals is, does does Fuentes have is that's what I'm trying to look I just want to make sure I don't like say he's not been amazing. oh he's got so he's got 11 goals in 14 games so that's been pretty good I'll give him that one he's 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 been pretty good uh but Christopher Durkin's not a goal scorer No he is not like
1: do you so do you want do you just, want to know how many goals that Chris Durkin has scored up until this point in his entire MLS career.
2: On oh, his career like what one?
1: <laughs> Gavin, do you want to take a, a stab at that one? Was it his was it his first goal? I'm going like, to say 3. Was it? His, that was, it was his first goal. His second career okay. goal.
2: Yeah, so I I said 1. He had scored 1 up until that point. Yes. So that would make me correct. It's even correct. better than being technically correct. No, mm-hmm. not technically, just hundred percent correct. Mm. I was organically correct. You could buy me, you could <laughs> buy my correctness at Whole Foods. <laughs>
1: uh, Alright. Well, here's one thing. Okay, before we get on to the pride. We've just had some breaking news. Um and this isn't quite breaking, but it's like kind of confirmed now that Paul Tenorio is tweeting about it because uh Alonso Contreras, who covers Orlando and the Peruvian national team, uh, tweeted this a couple days ago, where uh, Wilder Cartagena, Peruvian national, was coming to Orlando City. And I was like, mm, okay, this is something to keep an eye on, but I wasn't 100% sure. I mean, Alonso does know his Peru. I, I will say that. But then Paul Tonario tweeted it today. He said, Wilder Cartagena is finalizing a deal with Orlando City, and uh, the announcement is imminent. So, uh, great timing, because Obviously, we're recording, but uh, Kyle, Gavin, let's let's talk about this. Wilder, Cartagena, 27 years old, has played in Peru, uh, has played for the Peruvian national team. He's been just most recently playing out in the United Arab Emirates. So that's fun. Uh, played in Argentina, played for Alianza Lima, same club that uh, Pedro Galicia used to play for. It's an interesting one. Played during the 2018 World Cup, or at least he was on the roster for them during the 2018 World Cup. Did play a bit in the most recent window for their uh, World Cup qualifying, which did not end all that great. But he's got experience. He is a defensive midfielder. I'm not sure that's what Orlando needs right now, but um, let's talk about it. Thoughts?
2: I think the biggest thing
1: just looking at is like you mentioned, not
2: really the type of player Orlando needs and after just bringing in the type of player they do need and bringing in an attacking player with with some potential, maybe some untapped potential and now it's like, okay, let's bring in a, he's 27 years old so it's Mm -hmm. not, not old but not young guy in a position A, a position that Orlando. If anything, if you're going to bring in anyone, you bring in someone young, with with more potential. Like it's that's not a position necessarily that I think it's like, hey, we need another starter. It's more depth. So, you know, maybe not the best type of signing here, especially considering like, like I've been looking through stats and trying to trying to find some sort of insight as to what kind of player he's going to be and how effective. And it's like, he's a DM, not. Right, but I mean, like even just the leagues he's played in and the things he's done, it's very hard to get any sort of like actual picture, right, of how he's a player, which is which is, not great. And the other, so I guess the big thing is, is he costing anything, which we don't know.
1: Yeah, it. it the Whoa. only thing we really know now is he's coming to Orlando, according to multiple sources. That's that's like pretty. He's got know. cost.
2: He, he's got to cost something because at least according to transfer market, he's under contract until. June of next year. He's so, just left his uh, it,
1: previous club. That was the whole thing with, with Paul tweeting, is that he's said goodbye to uh, Al Had Kalba, which is but the... But that, that I mean.
2: doesn't mean it was on a free it, or a contract termination. It could just mean like they've acknowledged that he's being sold to Orlando.
1: Yes, it, it could be that he's being so, sold to Orlando or that it was a player option. or I don't know.
2: I don't know. Well, I, uh, so that's... I guess, what's it going to cost either... Fee or salary? I don't know. It's just kind of a weird. It's not really the the type of. It's not the you thing you'd expect. For. It's definitely not the same. It's, it's, it's not even. It's it's not even just that. It's not really the position, like that we're trying to get for. It's also just the. It's an older guy. Like when we don't need. If you're gonna get, if you're gonna bring in a twenty-seven-year-old defensive mid, you want to bring in a twenty-seven-year-old defensive mid that is like played in the league and is like proven to be able to come in and, and make a difference. Doesn't need to be like a star player, but you want someone who you know is going to come in right away and and be able to do something right from the start. And this is just a giant. Question mark? Like yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't have like okay, a strong so, opinion. Just yeah, a weird, I, just a very weird signing.
1: It's a it's a very interesting signing. Um, he's five ten. He's a defensive midfielder. He'll he'll basically back up Cesar. Uh, it does re- bear questions. It's like okay, well, does this mean that Cesar is going to be like sold somewhere because of how good he's been playing? Uh, because the club is strapped for cash. It, it, I don't know. Uh, this this is a transfer that I haven't been able to talk to anybody about, so I really have no idea. Uh, these are just kind of my <laughs> very early reactions. But I will say this, Kyle. Um, do you remember the last player that, outside of Pedro that played in Peru that played for Alianza Lima in a previous time that came to Orlando? Do you remember his name?
2: Isn't the only other Peruvian player we've had Yoshi?
1: No, it's Carlos Asques. Remember that guy? Was this? No, I
2: don't. When is was
1: this? <laughs> Carlos Asquez played for Orlando City from 2018 to 2019, played 26 games for them, and scored a goal. Oh. I also love looking at his uh, Wikipedia page because for some reason, some Peruvian fan decided to edit his Wikipedia to say that Carlos Asquez, uh, due to his physical nature and technical similarities to Paul Pogba, is... uh, (laughs) Is a central midfielder or a striker on occasion.
2: Oh, I I see why I don't recall anything about him. I kind of blanked out the entire Jason Christ through <laughs> James O'Connor <laughs> era.
1: Those those the what three years just don't exist in my mind. So basically, 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019, because Jason Christ a took half of half, for, of, like, yeah, half of a lot of sixteen for a lot of reasons i like to pretend that those years don't exist. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, looking at that 2018 roster, like Chris Schuler was on that. And you could
2: you could tell me virtually any <laughs> any name and i would have to believe that it was a real <laughs> player because I, I just i don't i don't remember those years i remember like i
1: i went to some games i watched some games how about how about podcast how about homegrown player jose villarreal he wasn't orlando's homegrown player he was la galaxy's homegrown player but he was on roster as a homegrown because mls (laughs) yeah not a name that rings a bell he never really played like he played i think maybe two or three games because he was hurt anyway that that yeah so, this is a very interesting signing, for sure. Uh, I'll probably talk to Oscar later this week to see what all this means, but definitely interesting. Definitely interesting. I,
2: my, th- my theory is that instead of being the Brazilian MLS team, it's just now the, the Peruvian MLS team. <laughs> Clearly, this is a move made to keep Pedro here long-term. <laughs> Not paying him more money and signing him to a longer contract.
1: Just bringing in a a but national a, team player a, a of his. Yep.
2: <laughs> As we all know, the best decisions to make professionally are based on friendships and
1: <laughs> interactions with the human beings. Hey, listen, this is all I the am, long I am Kyle, I am Kyle.
2: I am very smart.
1: This is the long game to bring Yoshi back. <laughs> it's got to be what is he like 35 now? He's 32.
2: Oh, I thought he was. I thought he was 32 when he was here. No, he was in his 20s when he was here. Oh god, he just always seemed old. Yeah. And I don't like. I don't well, really mean that. What do you mean by that? In a negative thing. Like he just kind of looked old. <laughs> I don't mean. That's what I mean. It wasn't like his play. It's just like the dude gives off an old, old vibe. Older vibe. I,
1: yeah, sure. I guess.
2: Yeah. Like I'm looking at a picture of him, and like from. Oh shoot! I closed that picture. <laughs> Um, from, it's from 2015 <laughs> and he looks, he looks, he looks like he's
1: like 30,
2: 45. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> no, it's like, he looks like a, he looks like a, a really like fit, like middle-aged 40. dad. All right. Like, the, like an inst he's an Instagram influencer. <laughs> obviously.
1: <laughs> this, this conversation has devolved. Uh, Gavin, what what do you think about, uh, this new signing? I haven't heard from you. It? ah gavin gavin has taken a step aside okay well we'll have to wait to come back to him later uh if we remember to come back so uh <laughs> well uh, we actually fired him we, <laughs> that part
2: of the this new signing deal was that we get rid of gavin
1: no we'll bring it back but we're gonna let him
2: finish out the rest of this episode
1: all right uh where were we oh uh
2: by the way it looks like yoshi it looks like yoshi's a free agent
1: no, he's he's playing in Sporting Cristobal in Peru.
2: Listen, I'm just going off this website. It says contract expires juni- j- uh, June. I know dates. Uh, January. that's not a thing. <laughs> June 30th, 2022. So uh, maybe transfer market uh, kind of shit. Who knows? But that's like,
1: that's a website people use. It is. All right, so I'm very confused. Let's, let's, let's move on. We're, we're we're spending describe. too much time on Orlando City. We're almost an hour just on the Lions. Uh, where were we? Oh yeah, Orlando Pride. Shall we move on? Let's 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 talk a little bit about some uh, Orlando Pride. That's Yeah, we're
2: just gonna we're gonna just change the, the name of players and team and coach, and now have the exact same conversation about another team. Yeah, except they scored more goals. And they have different circumstances where their situation makes sense.
1: Yes. uh, Moving on to the Orlando Pride. uh, But before we do, is there any other last-second things you guys want to mention about Orlando City? They do play uh, this coming weekend. Uh, They are going to be taking on the New England Revolution. And that's going to be at home at Exploria.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say... So this DC game was the second – it was the exact same lineup that they ran on Wednesday night. So you're talking about the same lineup, four Mm -hmm. days apart. Yep. Um, A thrilling night. This was the eighth game that Orlando City played in 27 days. So I Mm -hmm. don't think that that should also be lost on us. That This team has played a lot of soccer, and the fact that they did look kind of dead in the second half should not be a surprise. Um, So now they come into August – I want to say it's five games this month, and they don't play another midweek game until the very last day of the month. So back to a normal schedule, a week off in between games, maybe, you know, the squad's not going to be taxed as much. So at the very least, you know, we'll see some more energized players, I would like to think, but that's going to be important. I just...
2: I just want to say one last thing on this kinda of off that point though. I if Orlando had come out right out of the gate looking tired, looking mm-hmm. to, like there was a bit of a hangover in the semifinal, then I would have been totally fine with just like writing off the whole game of like, Yeah, there's been a lot of games. It's been like you said, eight games in what was it, twenty seven days, which is which is a pretty mm-hmm. quick turnaround. It's also the summer, so they're playing those games, especially here in Florida in like the absolute Right. Worst in July is a historically
0: of. bad month for Orlando too. Yeah.
2: So like I, I get those factors, but Orlando looked incredibly dominant to start the game. So I, I I don't know if I if I really give as much credence to, you know, base, uh, essentially giving up over the last 10, 15 minutes.
0: Well, no, I'm not the saying they lost the game because they've that. played a lot of soccer lately. But as a team, when you get down into those final 30 minutes, those final 10 minutes, those final five minutes, when you are physically exhausted, it hurts you mentally. And that can cause the lapses that we see, the breakdowns that we see, the inability to understand like where your best options are moving forward you know these are professional athletes and many of them in the primes of their career physically at least but they get tired like the rest of us and that that does affect you mentally so I'm not saying they lost because of it but that is one of the factors why we've probably seen them be so sluggish lately they've been working a lot <laughs> i mean you know I how it the, is kyle when you work a lot yeah. like you you <laughs> are drained <laughs> you know, physically like it, are, it wears down yes. on you you know so
2: i i too think my work is comparable to that of a professional athlete i appreciate oh, you. oh
0: that's it. what i'm saying yeah exactly saying that
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and that's fair and and i do think it, it is a bit of a factor. i just i i don't think it I don't think it really was enough to have made much of an impact on that game. I think the impact of that game was losing the key player and just mentally kind of checking out. And I think the simple solution is Orlando in the last 15 minutes of that game were bad, and they simply should
0: not be bad. Basically That's what I'm saying that. is is can Junior Urso do it on a hot summer day for nine hours with a 30-pound drum strapped to his chest?
2: Yeah, don't think so. <laughs> although I couldn't either right now. So there we
0: go. There we go. All right. Let's get mad about the pride. Uh, I mean, listen. Uh, I don't
2: know if anyone else, I actually was kind
1: of like, I mean, disappointed they gave up the, the win, but yeah. Um,
0: it's it, it was in July. How can you get mad about that?
1: Undefeated Honestly. in July. Yeah. The yeah. say yeah. something positive.
0: Seb, Hines. guys. Yep. Seb Hines. Is, well, I I think, it's, right I think it's,
2: I think it's, I think it's way different for the pride because we've talked about all the things going on with them. I think, uh, it's it's just a sorry trying to pull up the the information from the game. I think it's a similar one where it was hey you look dominant to begin with and then first kind of fell I mean I wouldn't say end. dominant. The first forty five no, minutes was eh. Sure, sure, but you're up to nothing and you look pretty good when you're a team that on paper should be significantly worse. Like like I think right now the team is overperforming. And I, in a good like, I like. I think there, there is the capabilities. I'm not saying that the Pride are a bad team. I just think if if the Pride were a dysfunctional mess on the field right now, we wouldn't be super surprised or disappointed just because of the things that have happened and the amount of player turnover and the coaching issues and all of those things. Like, right. like turmoil on the field would then make sense. And it was like a surprisingly good July, and that game was like, I think. Most of us were expecting it to not be a great game and for it to be a loss in that game, and I think it was a very easily winnable game. But I think coming away with the point... I, I think any time you come away with a point on the road is a is a pretty decent result, but especially if you are, on paper, the underdog.
1: Yeah, and I think for the pride's sake, they've been getting goals from very different sources. They don't have a, a true striker. You know, Sydney LaRue's gone. Um, they kind of they 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 put Julie Doyle out there who is technically a true striker but this is only like one of her i think fourth or fifth professional game and her first yeah, start like for second
2: start technically if she's technically a true striker then, then you she, know what that yeah, means right. she that is, is a true striker
1: time. right she is a true striker but um this outside of Doyle starting um you know they had Darian Jenkins starting who is somewhat of a true striker but she's just she doesn't have that finishing touch uh and and not having a a finisher on this team. You you have strikers on this team but uh, a clinical finisher. That's why they brought in Haley bujaya I
2: don't know, I'd say there's some definitely some players on the team that are finished. Oh, sorry, that's how you meant. <laughs> that was mean. That was unnecessarily mean. I just I think they're. we, we talked about hmm. the the roster issues with the squad and I right. uh, Okay.
1: I, in need of a bit of a rebuild. Yes. Yes. Um, currently, they're 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 trying to figure a, a lot of things out financially because uh, a they're still paying all of their former coaches. Just just well, to put and, that and out I, there, I,
2: not well. By by former, do you mean like the ones that the are, ones that uh, are current on the like on staff? Right. Currently, right. The ones that like technically are
1: current coaches but aren't coaching. So they're on a, they're on a, paid leave, which means there's four people that this team is paying to sit at home. I wish they'd pay me to sit at home, right? I'll take that
2: job. How I'm do happy. I
0: get this gig? Yeah,
1: what is this? But yeah, go, going back to this this Orlando Pride team, like they've gotten some goals from very unexpected sources. Kylie Strom was part of two goals that were scored. Uh, She didn't get credit for the goal against Houston because it was an own goal, but she played a big part in the ball going in the back of the net. She scored against Louisville for her first career goal. And then in this game against Kansas City, the other fullback, Celia, scores on a header. So out of of the, the last couple games that they have played, they've had three goals quote-unquote goals they've had two goals from their fullbacks and that's quite something you know i want to say that this game against kansas city with with julie doyle scoring her first professional goal is the first time a forward has scored a goal since the louisville game when darian jenkins scored uh the second and that was back in the early part of july now, of course, you know, they, they had an own goal against Houston and a no nil result against Washington and then this game yesterday, so they haven't really played too many games in between, but out of their, basically since the end of May, when they had a, a 2-2 draw against Washington, they were shut out three straight games because they lost 5-0, 1-0, and 6-0 in three straight games. And now they go undefeated in the month. Like, there's something to say about that. And I, when Seb, when I was talking to Seb, he said, you know, we're at a point in our team where we have to find goals from wherever we can. It doesn't have to be the forward. It has to be a player that is willing to go up and be aggressive, make the challenge, get into good scoring position. And the way that the players were talking about Seb after the game, when I talked to Julie and Erica Timrak they were very complimentary of Seb and like they were basically saying like Seb told me to do this and it worked kind of thing. And there's, there's a lot to be said within that because this team has gone through a lot over the last couple months with their entire coaching staff, basically saying, you know, well, at least two of them were, were put on leave. The other two were, you know, they, they took a step back because the people that hired them aren't there right now. And so, in the grand scheme of things, like, yeah, they blew a two nothing lead and they lost, they drew two, two, but the way this team has turned around from losing six, nothing to Portland is, is very impressive.
2: Yeah. I think I mentioned it when talking to you last night, kind of just posing the question to kind of be in the back of our minds, but like Sepp kind of feels like he's earned a, a a really serious shot at, being a head coach, I mean, you look at what he's doing right now, and you look at the staff and the squad that he's doing it with, right? Like, it, it is very bare bones all around, and the team looks bought in. Like, I think, I think, and admittedly, I haven't watched as much of the Pride, so I could be wrong in this, but from what I I've seen, especially like his first few games, it it just felt like the team was just overmatched. Like, it was just one one of those, and then it, it snowball effects, right? But you you see that same team that looked out of their depth a month ago, the beginning of the month, that now looks like a team. And you're still going to have the issues with with just being at a lower skill level than some of these other teams. And that's just the, the reality of it until, you know, especially with the players that are either with, with Marta injured and with, with the other players who are gone, like, you've lost some, some key players. Mm-hmm. Because of all of this stuff that's happened, and, and and you've lost your coaching staff, right? Like he's his coaching staff that's helping him right now is not a they're they doing really well. I don't mean th- that they're not good coaches, but like they're not. They're, not, not, like who they you, they're, not, they're not who you. They're not who you brought in. Teams. No, he had to bring in. He had to bring in essentially his friends to come in and help. And I I think they're qualified. I think they've they've had a good effect on it. But it's not like this is hey we built a staff and we like it. It is very much a MacGyver team right now and they look pretty good
1: like they look
2: better than than we would expect from that
1: and and Uh, better better I wouldn't say really good better than a uh, than we'd expect is is on par with that
2: right right really good for what it should be that's what I mean I don't mean they look really good but I mean like there were moments that looked pretty good yes there were there were definitely moments that were surprisingly good I will I will there say were that. moments
1: yeah, and, yeah. and and on the flip side of things there were moments that they did not look great like so so going back to the Kansas City to the the two goals they scored uh Elise Bennett got the ball on the wing in the 57th minute torched Carrie Lawrence and uh scored far post. and and you know that that was it was a clinical finish by Bennett because she kissed it off the post and then uh but that was that was kind of on carry and and the defense um they had a lot of problems with long balls over top uh just kind of stretching the defense quite a lot and uh, the defense had a hard time getting back into position having to track down some of those balls over top and that's what happened in the 82nd minute cc kaiser gets behind the defense um defender was caught in two minds erin mcleod was caught in two minds she comes out of her goal to try and get the ball, doesn't play it aggressive enough, and Kaiser just chips it over top of her and taps it in. And and that's that's partly on the communication between the back line and the goalkeeper. Someone's got to call for it. If if McLeod's calling for it, she needs to be aggressive in getting there. She can't be indecisive, which she was. And it, it just didn't seem like there was any communication within that play from either side. And that's one of those things that as a team you have to try and fix is, is make sure everybody is on the same page. Because there's a lot of times, especially late in the game, when players are tired, they don't want to talk, they don't want to yell. That's the most crucial time of let's communicate, be on the same page, and see out this game. And and you could see no. in, in stoppage time, they were dead.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think, though, too, with with a lot of that is... Like those aren't, I I wouldn't say those are necessarily coaching things. It's just communicate. I mean, it's the coach's responsibility to to get them, you know, to make it clear that those things need to be fixed and things like that. But like a lot of that is just the players being able to communicate, which I think is a good sign that that those are kind of the issues that are really prevalent and causing problems right now. And but it was it's it's interesting though watching. I mean, we we kind of joked at the beginning of of the show that like. The Orlando City and the the Orlando Pride game were very similar, with the exception of the Pride scoring one more goal, and so it was a draw instead of a win. But both were the teams were in the lead and then kind of gave things up through through pretty sloppy defensive play that, like, should shouldn't have happened, right? Like in a it, with what the teams are capable of, shouldn't have happened. And it's just for, for Orlando City, it's super disappointing because you have an established coach and an established squad and, and things should be better. And for the Pride, I feel like it's it's one of those, like, okay, it happens. Like, it's not great. But also, like, the fact that they were even in that position and still able to, you know, we're still able to come away with the draw is hugely impressive based on the circumstances. It feels like, you know, while, while Orlando City are disappointing uh, with their inconsistency, the Pride are, like maybe we said, undefeated in July. It's very surprising, and I think we're seeing things happen where, again, I go back to, like, feels like Seb is really won over that locker room. And while things aren't perfect,
1: and there's always room to improve. Yeah, and the thing with Seb is he's been around this team. Like, he is the only coach on this staff now serving as head coach that survived every coaching change that Orlando Pride have gone through. And that is wild to think about. He survived Tom Surmani leaving and Mark Skinner coming in. Skinner liked Seb and inherited him into his staff. He then, when Mark left, Becky Burley came in, and Burley inherited her him into her staff and was very complimentary of of him because of you know him knowing the staff and the players. And she was like, "I'm really leaning heavily into Seb," and. You know that she was she was talking a lot about how he was important to the staff, and then when she leaves, and then Amanda comes in, she likes Seb. Like it's 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 wild to think that Seb has gone from Orlando City to Pride and has maintained his position within the Pride, and now is doing something good within this this team, and and, and the players, no matter how long they've been there, they all seem to, to respect him. Because he's been there so long, he has he has earned that respect from the players. He has put in the time and the effort and the work to earn that, and it's mutual from the players to the coaches. And you see that within the play.
2: Yeah, and it seems like it, there's there's a lot of that, and also the things he's doing, coach. Like he's getting both parts of it right, because like as a coach, in order to be a good coach or a good a good leader of really any organization, you have to have the respect of the people that you are leading, and you also have to be skilled enough at whatever it is or qualified enough to be able to actually effectively lead them. And I feel like he's nailed both of those where like the soccer side of things, you can see them. There's moments where you go, okay, there's like a clear direction and, and way that they're playing and, and things are again, it doesn't always work. It's not always good, but that's, that's how the the sport works, but there's moments we you go, okay, this, he, he doesn't seem tactically out of his depth. Which is good. So he seems like a like a, a competent coach. Obviously, who knows what it would look like in a. Is this a? New, is it just because of the change? Is it because of who they're playing? Like, there, is it because of a, extenuous circumstances, or is it because he's actually? Yeah, it turned out pretty good at this. But but when you combine, you know, looking at at the at a very at the very minimum, looking like a decent coach, combined with really really earning the respect of the players. And even like when I was I was listening into some of the post game stuff, even the players are complimenting the guys that he's brought in to help and the things that they've said and done that have helped the team and not from a, you know, rah rah they've united the locker room, but like no, the things that they've been telling us to do on the field have been have been really good and so i think especially when there were the the locker room issues that ha- that have ha- that happened earlier in the season like the, you need we, or let, the pride needed someone to unite that locker room and i think if the if the locker room stuff had been all under control and the pride were just not playing well on the field it would be like yeah it's fine it's an interim coach. but the fact that they're playing pretty well too again relatively Extremely impressive and surprising, but in a very good way. I think if you had told me a year ago that Seb would be the head coach of the Pride, even in an interim position and actually doing pretty well, I I I would have been a little bit surprised.
1: Yeah, I would say that's fair. Yeah, no, uh it's 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 definitely building blocks for for this Orlando Pride team and, and like you said, the fact that both players who talked last night, uh Julie Doyle and Erica Timrak. They both said, like, you know, Seb told us this and I think Julie said, like, you know, Seb was telling me to to uh all the all this week, tell me be in the width of the goal. You know, be in that, that space. Don't be out wide, be in the center so we can find you. And that's how she scored, is just being in the width of the goal. So she was extremely happy that what Seb said to her was what ended up leaving leading her to the goal. And that for young players especially is, is how you improve, how you buy in more with a team and how you can grow as a player. And then for veterans like Erica, who's been around so many different teams and leagues and, and coaches and everything, and to, to have that respect from her as well, you know, where he, Seb said to do this and we did it and it lead, led to a goal, like that says something as well. So uh, whether, whether you know, whatever turns out with this team uh i you can say that they did not give up I think this team in general this year did not give up and you saw it with the early results under amanda where yes they they weren't the best team uh they were you know not getting the the greatest results in the early goings of the season but they were getting results like you know the the game against angel city where they won one nothing the game against Kansas City funny enough back on may 14th where they won, or they drew 2-2 because of the last second penalty by Tony Presley. Um, you can go back to that Washington Spirit game where they scored two goals in stoppage time to come back from 2 nothing down. Like, this team all year has not given up on games. Well, okay, maybe maybe three games in the month of June. <laughs> Outside of those, this team has not given up, and they've they've proven that over the course of most of this season, so... Uh, Interesting to see where this team goes from here because they host Sidney LaRue, Allie Riley, and Angel City, who are currently three points above them in the standings. It's also mentioning uh, Pride legend Claire Emsley, who's also on Angel City. Who? Everton legend Claire Emsley. (laughs) You could also mention Danny Weatherholt, who is on that team, as well as Jasmine Spencer. That's a name I know. So there, there's at least, I think, there's six former Pride players. Sydney LaRue, uh, Brittany Wilson, who knew, now goes by Brittany Eisenhower. She was the goalkeeper uh, draft pick from two years ago. Allie Riley, Danny Weatherholt, Jasmine Spencer, and Claire Emsley. That is six. Good math. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Anyways, what I was going to say otherwise is uh, well. First off, is there any other things you want to talk about before we move on to the uh, rest of the show?
2: Was calling Claire was that a was that like a sarcastic thing calling her club legend? Yes. Okay, that was why I was very confused because like I had to go like look her out. She played eleven games for the team, and I was very like I I can never
1: tell with you, you know, it's that it's dry wit of yours. <laughs> It's the English
2: it's the English
1: in you. Sure. Um it's it's like it's like when uh when Brad Newton comes on the show and starts calling Emily Sonnet Pride Legend or Caitlyn Ford a Pride Legend. Neither of them ever Brad is Brad is never being facetious. Of course. About those. Of course. All right. I think it is time to go ahead and uh, finish up so we're going to go move on to, we're not gonna have a where are they now this week. Don't think any, there's Austin's any. Austin's
2: run out. Austin's Austin just did it by telling you all the players
1: that are playing. First. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are they now for Claire Emsley? She's on Angel City. They're playing next week against Orlando in Orlando. There you go. That's where are they now for former Pride player Claire Emsley. Fantastic. All right, and then Orlando City B. They didn't play this week. They play at TFC two on the seventh up in Canada. So nothing really to talk about uh, on that side of things. Now, gentlemen, who's got some weird news? Deafening silence means that nobody has weird news. Oh, that's a shame. The
2: the subreddit's not loading for me. It's very disappointing.
1: Gavin, you've had some time.
2: Uh, I've got you. I've got you. Here I am. Here I am prepared. This is in the uh, Portugal Post's English, which then goes to a tag in Arabic, which then goes to a tag in entertainment. So I'm not sure where this comes from, but there's a journalist in, appears to be a Portuguese journalist, ended up living an experience that seems like fiction. After leaving her Kindle, leaning against a pile of books for a while, she was surprised to return. To the ebooks and find that the device was infested with ants, and the bugs even managed to buy some digital works. <laughs> well, uh, she had she had ants invade her Kindle and and actually buy
1: buy books. If anyone has ever wondered how you get ants, that is how you get That's ants.
2: How you get ants? That's excellent. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that angle. That's great. <laughs> uh, she put the Kindle in a freezer or in the fridge to freeze the ants. Um, But also, like, that's going to
1: damage your phone or your Kindle. She, like,
2: used used insecticide. Like, like, this all seems like a terrible way to do something where the correct answer is to burn the Kindle. Because if it's infested with bugs, you just have to burn it down. Yeah. Also, I want to know what books they bought. And I'm not seeing that. But I definitely want to know what books ants read. Very curious. And I need to stop looking at these pictures because I don't like pictures of ants crawling all over stuff that I use regularly. Makes me well well antsy, <laughs> if you will.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Gavin, hey, how is it going? Uh haven't heard from you in a minute. What's your weird news?
0: <laughs> I don't have anything. I don't uh I don't have any weird news this week. Just a lot How about of bad the
1: story about how Taylor Swift clarifies that she wasn't even on most of the one hundred and seventy plus trips her private jet took this year?
0: Yeah, I don't uh I refuse to, to take part in this narrative and this Taylor slander.
1: <laughs> I have I have also not
2: been on many of the hundred and seventy trips taken by my private jet, so
0: who I mean, there us? is so now now the whole big thing that like climate activists are doing, and you know, they're not wrong for saying it is like going after celebrities who are using their flying their private jets all around the world, you know, causing pollution, especially when there's a lot of like very short trips. Like if they if I was taking my fr- my private jet from Orlando to Jacksonville, um, but there was a story about Drake um, with like several hundred of his flights and he defended it by saying no one was even on those planes, so it's fine. That's how it works. Flying it around for no reason. They weren't.
2: They weren't
1: actually in the climate. They had flown up above it. Exactly. Hey, speaking of rising above, uh, a chess robot in Moscow broke the fingers of its human opponent. (laughs) That's
2: great. It. Yeah. So took 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 the phrase beating him in a game of chess to a whole new level.
1: Yeah, a seven-year-old boy named Christopher uh, was among the top thirty chess players in Moscow. Uh, when playing against the AI robot, the arm grabbed the young player's index finger and squeezed its finger firmly. Uh, The people around the boy immediately rushed to help but did not prevent the consequences in the form of a broken finger. One of the uh, representatives from the Chess Federation said, a robot broke a child's finger. That's bad, of course. Of course. I mean, was there video of it, though? Uh, Yes, there is, actually
2: funny you should send that to me
1: uh, yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean is it it like bloody is it like no it's just it's just a robot grabbed a kid's finger and pulled and broke it
2: yeah it's pretty funny i uh, listen a couple days ago i watched someone have their patella completely disconnected from their leg and then watched it got get put back into place so i feel like i can handle a kid get his fingers broken
1: okay fair enough all right any uh red cards slash playing advantages to finish out the show
2: I feel like you have a good playing advantage. Something you would tell me about yesterday.
1: Oh, multiverses! Yeah, you seem like really like you Dude, really enjoyed it's, it. I I love that game. It's it's amazing. The fact that you can play as Shaggy, who can go Super Saiyan against Batman, just it it's hilarious and amazingly lovable to me. I I just appreciate the dumbest of things with that, and the fact that there's a rumor that Ted Lasso is coming to the game. I'm here for that insanity so much. That's it's just great. I just love that. It
2: the rumor I saw of that when it was showing the screen of like the pictures of characters, his was the only one that wasn't animated. It was just actually the picture of Jason Sudeikis' face, <laughs> and that's where I was like, I feel like this this is real. Like this, I feel like this is something they would do. And I the fact that it's a picture of his face and not an animated version of him, like, is also something they would do. And I really hope. <laughs> that the in-game character is also just like a photorealistic it's and not an animated. <laughs>
1: yeah i love it um but yeah they're adding like gandalf which is going to be fantastic
2: yeah because like you can I ha- I then have- add Gollum next <laughs> could you imagine they they delayed the upcoming Gollum game which kind of disappointing but also like i mean i'd rather they delay a game and not crunch so i'm okay with it yep. but Man, like, I want to just run around as Gollum, like, beating up, you know, Batman, Wonder Woman.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. And the fact that you you can have Godzilla against the Iron Giant. That's something that could happen. Pretty good,
2: (laughs) but if I wanted to watch Godzilla up against Iron Giants, I would just watch, like, I don't know, any Godzilla movie.
1: (laughs) But not the Iron Giant.
2: Well, no, but (laughs) it's a
1: very overrated
2: movie, overrated character.
1: Wow, hot take from... From Kyle.
0: It is That is a very hot take and I I would walk off set right now if I could.
1: Well, Gavin, uh luckily for you, the the show is over, so you can. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: oh, Austin's the only <laughs> one who gets to play advantage and get red cards. Well,
1: I I mean, so, you kind of set me up. I I assume that you didn't have one.
0: I'll do it quick. I'll play advantage to the Andor trailer being out. Excited for that one. Very, um, very exciting. Was uh, was supposed to be out at the end of the month, but they pushed it back three weeks. That's disappointing. But three-episode premiere, so that'll be a nice little weekend. Um, my red card, um, I'm going to give this one to AMC. So like I was telling you guys about yesterday, um, I'm very excited for the final season of Better Call Saul to be wrapping up. Um, I don't have AMC, however, because it is not on Hulu. So my my plan was to just sign up for AMC plus thinking that they would have the TV shows of their own network on their streaming service, um, and just watch it all pay like a month, you know, get in and get in and out, binge my show and get out of there. Um, but AMC does not own the rights to their own content after 30 days. So they don't actually have any better call Saul on their, on their streaming platform. So that was a disappointment. So I'll have to figure out how to watch on my TV in another way.
2: It's a shame nobody on the show has uh, brought up a way to, to help
0: you. Yeah, I mean, and, and I could it. HDMI my TV to my laptop and everything. But, you know, oh I know such a hassle. I don't want to solely I don't want to solely the viewing process <laughs> of what has been. Hey, Gavin, an Gavin, amazing Gavin, TV it. show by by having to watch the last season on my laptop.
1: Gavin, there's an app for your TV.
0: Yeah, it has For TV my Roku apps. TV? <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, pretty sure. Yeah. I have a Roku TV, and it's on there. I use it often. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: It's just Gavin well, and this technology. Is, this, we, yeah, all, th- we all know how that works. We can talk about this offline. <laughs> okay, Anyways, of let, let us let <laughs> uh, us end the uh, show uh, here, guys, because this is something uh, we can uh, well, talk I about get, after. I have,
2: I, I, I have a playing advantage. Go I for wasn't, it. I was just teeing you up because you were really excited about it yesterday. But I'm going to play advantage to the game Stray. Mm. which came out last week on the PS5 and PC, uh, free for PlayStation Plus members. It is a game about a cat in what is like a, a sort of like post-apocalyptic world. I don't want to like give much away, but it just starts off like you're playing as a cat and it's like, oh, press circle to meow. And I was like, oh, this is game of the year. Like, and I was only sort of being ironic. And then the game just starts like gut punching you in the feels. And so it went from being a game that I was like semi-ironically calling game of the year to like actually might be my game of the year. And I still haven't finished. I still have probably about 30, 45 minutes left in it. It's not a very long game, but I've been working on another game for a review, so I've, I had to put it on the back burner until I finished that. But wow, it is an incredible game. And I despise cats with every fiber of my being, but <laughs> I would die for that cat.
1: Good to know. I have, I have, I have I'm yet playing? to, I have yet to play stray I have it downloaded just haven't had the time to sit down and play it so I will probably do that sometime soon all right now before we finish things out we've we've done our our red cards and everything right pay attention this week for some news now if you've gotten to the end of the show and you actually like listen to this to like claps for you and all that but hey uh you guys remember the Orlando Seawolves remember remember that uh, indoor soccer team Yeah. So, uh, might be a new one.
2: Oh, hell yeah. You know, I love me some indoor soccer.
1: Yeah. So, uh, pay attention this week because (laughs) yeah, things are happening. That's all I'm going to say for right now, but interesting times. All right. Now with that gentlemen, it's been a pleasure as always, but it is time to go. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. Uh, We will go ahead and be back next week to talk about everything Orlando City and Pride and Orlando City B. And guess what starts this month? College soccer. That's right. Rollins and UCF are back. I am calling all of the UCF men's games this year. Very excited for that. We'll bring some of that into the next show because that'll be right during preseason so with that, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. For Gavin Eubank and Cal Foley, I'm Austin David. We'll see you next time.
0: You're dirty brown water trash. And you're always going to be dirty brown water trash.